welcome to Sip and Say with Stephanie. Good evening, good evening, good evening. How are you doing this evening? Welcome to the Stephanie Humphrey channel. Welcome to the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. As always, it is a blessing to come into your home, your car, wherever you might be at this time. It is such a blessing to come on to share with you what is on my heart during Sip and Say with Stephanie, in addition to what's happening in our world. So yeah, y'all, let you know how y'all feeling tonight. How are you doing emotionally? How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing physically? How are you doing socially? Like, how are you all doing? Y'all, I'm I'm just on a cloud. <laughs> y'all, I am on a cloud. I cannot tell you why I'm on a cloud yet, but I'm on a cloud. There are a few things that is happening in my life, both spiritually and naturally, that... You know, God chooses who he wants to choose to do what he wants them to do. If it would have been up to me, I would have been on the back pew for the rest of my Christian life. <laughs> I would have, I would not be doing this podcast. Like I would not be in the forefront. I would be sitting quiet somewhere, chilling, relaxing at peace in Jesus name. I would not have chosen the life of uh, being a public, I, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to call myself a public figure, just because I don't. I feel like public figures are people that people know. Um, but I will not be in the public eye. I will say that I will not be in the public eye if it was my choice. I love to talk, as you all can tell, as you have become a longtime follower and listener of the Stephanie Humphrey channel, or if you're new, I love to talk. Like it, I love to talk. I'm a Humphrey, and that's just a part of the culture of our family. You, you's gonna be a talker, right? And for the most part, we are all we we talking. <laughs> But guess what, you all? I've ne I have not always been a talker. I was talking to my coworkers. I think last week we were just talking about different things, like we do. And I was telling them that I did not. I was not always a talker. I was very quiet as a young person. I didn't say much. I kind of, you know, I was the old, the youngest of four. Um, the four oldest grandchildren. I'm number four, and so it was all. It was us for eight years. What was yeah, it was us. And then eight years later, the next grandchild came. And so they were the older ones. I was the baby. So I kind of followed along, just did whatever um, with them, with my cousins, with my cousins, um, as well as like in the neighborhood as well. We had cousins that lived up the street and different things like that. And so I was just, I found my voice when I went to college. You know, I found my voice um, because people thought because I was quiet, didn't really say much. Um, of course, the same woman of God went, you know, in church. I felt like people were taking advantage of my kindness and my service. Um, and so I started speaking up and y'all, I've been talking ever since. <laughs> I've been talking ever since. Let me tell my, my family, I've been talking ever since. And so it's interesting to the people who didn't know me then it is interesting for them to know 
or to learn that I used to not be a talker. Because I like you, but you've been talking. I have for a very long time now, but I had to find my voice to let people know that I might be quiet and I might be helpful and, I'm, and I definitely am a servant, but you're not going to take advantage of me. You're not going to treat me any kind of way. You're not going to talk to me any kind of way you want to talk to me. That's just not going to happen. I have limits and I have boundaries and I don't mind giving whoever needs that boundary. I don't mind giving it to them. Family, friends, co-workers, I am very vocal about who I am, about what I want, what I need, what I will put up with, what I will not, absolutely will not put up with. And what, you know what, maybe, you know, we need to come to a compromise, you know, in this friendship or in this relationship. I'm, I'm open to that as well. But I'm going to teach you how to treat me and it's not going to be any kind of way. And I'm going to teach you how to talk to me because it's not going to be any kind of way. And yeah, I got done. So anyway, I feel good. <laughs> I said all that to say, I feel good. I feel wonderful. I feel great. God has blessed me more than I feel like I deserve. That's where I was going with this. He has blessed me more than what I feel like I deserve. Not to say that I deserve like darkness and um, hell, you know, hell and brimstone, brimstone and fire, hell, brimstone and fire. Let me put it all together. Not that I feel like I deserve that. I actually deserve death, if the truth be told, but Jesus, you know, took my death upon himself. But so I'm not saying that I deserve so much negative in life and I don't expect negative. I do expect positive. I do expect God's goodness. I do expect God's blessings. But it just, man, let me tell you, sometimes when you look back over your life and you see some of the mistakes that you've made, for me, let me just, when I've seen some of the mistakes that I've made, some of the way that I've treated people, wasn't always kind, was not always respectful, was not always showing the love of Christ towards them. And, you know, sometimes I can get in that place and be like, I don't deserve anything because of how, how I used to be or who I was. But, you know, the blessings of the Lord, they are manifest in the way that God wants them to be manifest and to who God wants them to be manifest. You know, our, we're saved by work, by faith, excuse me, not works, tongue, tongue, tongue blunder. We are saved by, through, by faith um, and not by work. So it's not like I can do like, do good things now to cause God to love me or to bless me or to, you know, watch over me, protect me and, and, and all of that. It's just his love his care, his want to see the best for me and to see that future in a hope. Oh, glory. It's just God's heart towards me. And man, it's, wow, it's amazing. It's amazing. So again, I sometimes look back at my history and think, man, I should have been punished for that. Hell, fire, and brimstone should have fallen because I did that to that person or said that to that person. But that's not how God operates. God operates in in, in um, grace, in mercy, in justice. That's how he operates. And even though I did experience some consequences <laughs> for my mistreatment of others, the consequences could have been a whole lot worse than what they were. That's what I'm getting at. It could have been a whole lot worse. And what they were. And so I'm thankful today. I'm grateful. I appreciate God for his goodness towards me, for his love towards me, for his blessings, for his patience, for his prosperity, for his protection, for his um, hiding me in the shadow of his wings. I, I, I thank God for his plan for my life because his plan for my life is much greater than I could have imagined for myself. And even right now, God is yet blessing me 
And wow, it's it's humbling. It's humbling. God, God has a way, and, and I'll be able to share more in the next few weeks, I hope. But God has a way. You know, I remember growing up in the Missionary Baptist Church, and they used to song, sing a song that God has a way that's very sweet. God has a way that's so sweet. Even when God corrects me, even when I do experience those consequences for the things I should not have said or done, God's way is still sweet. It's still gentle. It's still that of a loving parent. And it's it's so beautiful and it's so humbling and it's so rich and it's so amazing. I just am really full tonight on God's goodness towards me. I also thank God for how he's blessing my family, for how he's keeping my family, for how he's providing for my family, for how he's protecting my family. I thank God for it. But I'm going to just take a minute thank God for me and for how good he's been to me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. I honor you. I adore you, God. I exalt, exalt you. I praise you. I honor you. Hallelujah. You are so so amazing, such a beautiful God, such a wonderful God, a big, just loving God. And I appreciate you so much, Father, for who you are to me. Man, I thank you for all the things you've done for me. But right now, I thank you for who you are to me. You are my everything, God. And I honor you as such in Jesus' name. So, yes, this is Sip and Say with Stephanie. I got my stuttering going on. Yes, this is Sip and Say with Stephanie, but Jesus is always first in everything I do. He's always first. And so I have to give God honor and glory. I dare not take for granted the goodness of the Lord in my life. Even when I'm in doubt and in fear, man, God got away. He has got a way that that just gently guides me back to faith, that gently guides me back to trusting him, that gently guides me back to relying on him. Oh, y'all, man, when I share the testimony, y'all will understand. So... Hey, Aunt Wanda, I'm glad you're doing well tonight. So you all, yes, drop it in the live chat. I'm going to go ahead and get my scent ready. Y'all drop it in the live chat, add it to the rebroadcast in the comment section or to the podcast to let me know how you're doing. How is life treating you? How are you? Are you staying hydrated? Are you staying nice and cool? Are you staying out of trouble? <laughs> I know sometimes it's hard to stay out of trouble. Y'all come on somebody. Are y'all staying out of trouble out here in these streets? I hope so. I hope so. Look, y'all, I'm getting my scarpinog ready. I got my alcohol-free scarpinog. I'm un I'm about to say uncorking, but I'm not uncorking. I'm unpackaging my scarpinog. That is what I'm drinking on tonight. My alcohol-free. So yeah, like I haven't pulled out my Stephanie Humphrey channel cup in a while. Yeah, I told y'all that so this is black business month so we should be supporting black businesses throughout the year as we are able to do so you know financially and such but y'all my cousin mika she made this makia designs she made my stephanie humphrey channel cup and i haven't brought this out in a while and i need to really use it more often so i'm drinking because usually if i'm drinking my scarpinog or my mustard i don't have a wine glass but i got my stephanie humphrey channel mug tonight you know i was one of my i was talking to a co-worker in the office and the door was closed so another co-worker knocked on the door and kind of slid in and I think I said how are you doing and she kind of no I, I didn't say how you doing 
I said, come on. I said, come on in the room. That's what I said. <laughs> I said, come on in the room. And she said, I'm coming on in. I was like, yes, yes. I love it when people just go with my energy and go with my vibe. Because, yes, I do be singing. I t my coworkers know me enough that when they hear me sing, it's just Stephanie singing. I, I, you know, I, that's just what I do. I love to sing. I love to hum a tune. <laughs> so anyway, I was singing to her. She gave it back to me, and I, I appreciated her matching my energy because it, it kind of tickled me. I was surprised that she did it because, you know, she's older, and, you know, she's, uh, you know. So anyway, I was just surprised. But I, I love that she matched my energy. And I've known her for a long time because we both used to work at a school together, Um and then, you know, the Lord has elevated both of us. And so I'm just thankful. So let, I'm going to make a toast tonight. So I toast to good health. I toast to prosperity. And I toast to you following the destiny that the Lord has placed within you, following hard after the destiny that God has placed within you. I, I, I encourage that for you tonight, or I admonish that to you tonight in Jesus' name. Cheers, ding. Yeah, I know I used to watch Scandal when it was on, so I got a box of popcorn sitting over there. Um, um, and so I was eating some popcorn this week while I was watching something on TV. And I was like, ooh, I need to go get me some, some muscadine. I had some muscadine chilling in the refrigerator. No, I didn't. I had the scarpinade. Okay. No, it was a muscadine. I had it right the first time. I had some muscadine chilling it in the refrigerator. I was like, oh, I need to go get me some muscadine to drink with my to eat to drink with my popcorn. Because y'all know Olivia Pope, she did her wine and popcorn. She got a wine from her dad, popcorn for her mom. That was her comfort food when she was feeling sad. Anywho. Let me grab my glasses, y'all. I'm going to talk about a couple of some news about two children. One is so sad. Both of them are sad, but I'm going to talk just a little bit about the Trump indictments just because I just, it's just, it's hard. It was, you know, anyway. We're going to talk about the 10 Million Names Project. I'm going to talk a little bit your National Eye Exam Month, or not your, but the National Eye Exam Month. Um, Black Business Month, and then a little bit of back to school. We're getting ready to go back to school. And then I will, might do a little bit of prayer for Maui and for Ukraine. So y'all, let's get to it. I'm going to keep everything nice and brief. Um, I got, yeah, I told y'all I, I got my new glasses out. I, I still have my old glasses, like my old glasses in my church bag. So I have a bag I carry to church every Sunday. And then when I um, do go to Bible study, I'll carry that with me. And I keep my um, other glasses in there now. But I think I think I'm going to end up getting a second pair of glasses with the uh, with the increased prescription. We'll see. But y'all know, I just I like these. OK, but I like the darker, the darker frames better than these. But, you know, it works. It works. It works. So, y'all, we're going to talk about I exam month. Get your eyes checked. We're going to talk about it. So, um, and then I'll tell you a little bit about the, the new uh, new books that I have that are 40% off for Determined Publishing's anniversary sale. So, y'all want to go ahead and tell you in advance, don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can 
hit the notifications when I go live on the channel. Y'all know I normally just come on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Very rarely I do I come on other occasions. Um, but, um, but yeah, Thursdays at 6.30, you know, I'm going to be right here unless something has happened and, you know, I'm not able to come on. Did I tell you all why I wasn't on the first Thursday? If I, I think I forgot to tell you last week. So I had a work event the first Thursday in August, and I forgot to let you all know that I had a work event. I think I told you, but just in case I forgot. So I wasn't able to come on, and I forgot to let you all know in advance because I forgot the work event until Monday morning when I went to work, and I was like, oops, I got a Thursday event. I had planned to do a short little video for you, but that didn't happen because the week was just happening and life was happening. I just wasn't able to do it. So anytime you don't see me, it's probably because something has happened. It's either work or life has happened, or I may not be feeling well, whatever the case may be. So anywho, the very first story that I want to talk about tonight, there's a family, uh, Mr. Robert Urie and Ms. Joelle Lee Urie. They are suing the Greensboro Division. I'm sorry, wait a minute. They are suing Miss Kimberly Jennings, the Sedgefield Garden Apartments, the Sedgefield Reality Company, LL, oh, not reality, but realty. Ooh, my glasses are on. The Sedgefield Realty Company, LLC, and the Benningson Real Estate Corp. It's not actually the Benningson, it's just Benningson Real Estate Corp for alleged discrimination against their two children. I'm going to tell you about it in a minute. For um, alleging discrimination on the grounds of race, assault and battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, assault and battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress. Um, they added that twice, my bad. And negligent retention and supervision. So they're being sued for discrimination on the grounds of race, Assault and battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, assault and battery, and negligent retention and supervision. Let me tell you why Mr. Yuri um, and Mrs. Lee Yuri are suing. Their two children were at the pool um, of a comp of an apartment complex in Greensboro, Greensboro, North Carolina. The name of the apartment complex is Sedgefield Garden Apartments. They were there visiting some friends. They were at the pool in the apartment property manager whose name is Kimberly Jennings she in the video that I saw because I did watch the video of this she it looked as if she allegedly poured soda on this young boy 11 years old his name is Mr. Chase she allegedly poured soda on um, him it looked like she was pouring soda on him in the video and this part I did not see clearly, but in the lawsuit it notes, and the Miss Jennings actually confessed herself that she hit this child. So this is what Miss Jennings said about the incident. It was so um Jace was there with his eight-year-old sister JL. They were again visiting some friends, they were at the pool, they were asked to leave by Miss Jennings. And this is what Miss Jennings said. She said the other day when he was out there, we asked him to leave. I don't know who we, but she said we asked him to leave. This is a quote. This is something she said in an interview, and I received this from, this was on NBC News, if I'm not mistaken. Miss Kimberly Jennings said the other day, this is a quote, when he was out there, we asked him to leave, and he was mouthy. 
And I just, I had a soda in my hand and I tossed it on him. And then I popped him. I did. I admit I did. And it was wrong. That's what Miss Jennings said in an interview. She went on to say, but like I said, when you've done it and you've done it and you've done it and you've asked him not to come back and he's tearing up everything and he cusses you out and you don't know if he's going to hit you again or what he's going to do. I just reacted, but I will say that I'm sorry that I did that. I should have handled it differently. Now, the video didn't show any incidents of the young man uh, assaulting her or anything. If that was the case, I didn't see it on the video. The video was a short clip of what Miss Jennings allegedly did to this young Mr. Jace. And so I'm going to leave that there. I just wanted to share with you that's what she said. Um, so Miss, Miss, uh, let me go back. Let me go back. So the family has again retained an attorney, uh, because the law, the lawsuit has been filed. <clears throat> so the family attorney, Mr. Harry Daniels, this is what he said during a press conference. One thing we're not going to stand for is when you mess with our children. He went on to say, and today is a day of reckoning and justice, seeking justice, not only for the Lee Yuri family, but for all families who have been subjected to injustice and mistreatment. So this particular lawsuit has been filed in Greensboro. Um, and so in Greensboro, North Carolina. And so I'll have to follow up with this and see, you know, what happens with this particular case. Um, this is what Miss Yuri, Miss Lee Yuri said. It's hurtful that um, the young, you know, Miss Jennings um, seems to not care. And there were barely any repercussions for her actions. Miss Lee Yuri went on to say, I want to see something done for justice for my children and any other children that may, that she may have hurt or discriminated against. So in the lawsuit, it also alleges that Prior to um, the comfort, the assault, the alleged assault on Mr. Jace, it is said that Miss Jennings actually pulled his sister Jail's hair. Also, the lawsuit indicates that she hurled racial slurs or used racial slurs. Um, again, we don't see that portion on the video, so perhaps there is additional footage that will be presented as evidence in the case. We'll have to see as this story unfolds. Now, it is noted that um, that Miss Jennings did ask the children to leave because the pool is reserved for residents. I do remember hearing the little boy talking and he said that him and his sister had been there on other occasions and there didn't seem to be a problem. So I don't know, um, like 
you know, what the signage is like at the apartment complex. I know I never lived in an apartment complex with a pool, but the one I did live in that used to have a pool, the pool was broken by the time I moved in. We actually had passes to visit like a neighboring um, property that the company owned. We were able to visit their pool. That was about 15 or so minutes, maybe yeah, maybe about 10 to 15 minutes away. I never went because I'm not, uh, it's just unsanitary to be in pools. I'm just, that's just not my forte. So I never went, but that option was available to us. I have also visited with friends at their apartment complex and all of us went to the pool. I know one time it was probably about seven or eight of us. No, no, maybe about five or six, maybe about five or six of us down at the pool chilling. Other people were there. We was just all having a good time though. You know, wasn't anything wrong. Again, I don't know about the signage um, that is available or what their guidelines are, their rules are as it relates to the pool. I've never known that a pool is only for the residents. Um, I've known other people to live in places with pools where it was open to like family members or friends of residents, but I know every apartment complex has their own guidelines and their own rules. And so we'll just have to see how this unfolds. My thing is, I don't care what a child says or does to you. Well, I ain't gonna say what does to you, because don't put your, if you're a child, don't put your hands on him. We don't know if the little boy hit her. We don't know. But I'm just, just as an, I'm an educator. So don't put, as a child, don't put, don't put your hands on me now. Don't put your hands on me. But as an adult, we need to be responsible for our actions. And throwing some soda on a child, like that's so stupid and so petty and so ignorant, in my opinion. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. I'm going to add it to the list of why I'm glad I don't have kids. That list is ever growing. It's ever stretching out, but I'm just going to add it to the list. I hope, I don't know. Um, there was, let me see if we were. So the Benningson Real Estate Corp, they did make a statement to ABC News. Okay, I got this from ABC News, not NBC. My bad, I apologize. It did state that um, they had not, at this the time of this report, they hadn't seen a copy of the lawsuit, but they said, and I quote, our organization takes this matter seriously. Beyond that, our organization generally does not comment on pending litigation, which is true. I mean, you know, you just wait for the courts to do what they do in situations like that. So I'll be curious to know how this um, unfolds. Let me see the charges. So, um... Let me see if she, she was arrested on August 4th for two counts of simple assault on a child under 12. She did not comment um, on the lawsuit or the charges against her. So again, we'll just have to see how this unfolds. All right. What y'all think? How y'all feeling? Like, should an adult be? So my this is this is what I do when I see children that are unruly anywhere. If I see children that are unruly or by themselves, like if I'm out at the store and I see a child just wandering up and down the aisles, like where your where your mama, where your daddy, where your big sister, big brother, where your auntie, where your grandma, like I'm looking for an adult. If I see a child acting unruly and it doesn't seem to be any adults around, I look for an adult. I'm like, where somebody is this whose child is this? You know, I, I be looking for folks. Sometimes I usually don't say that. I have before, like ask like people around, like, is this your son? Is this your child? Is this your daughter? You know, I'm be I'm looking for the adult because I. 
I want to address the action or the loss, what seems to be a lost child with an adult, not with a not with a child. Like I'm very rarely address anything with a child unless, you know, when I was in classroom, I was a teacher. Of course, you know, that's different, different time, different, you know, style matter. But when I'm out and about, I look for an adult to talk with an adult about whatever might be happening with their child. Um, I'm also like when I have been out and about, and I haven't really seen any children by themselves lately, but um, at the time where I, and I didn't see it often before, but just when I did, I would see, like, if it was an adult nearby, I would see how that child reacted with that adult. Because I know there's pedophiles, there's predators, there's rapists, there's child molesters. Like, I know that those individuals are out watching and looking as well. And so I'm, I'm careful about how, even if I ask for an initial child or whatever, I watch how the children respond to that adult. And if I, if I like, they know them especially if they the same skin tone, seem like they the same culture, then I go about my business, you know. Um, I have talked to employees of people when I'm out and about and I see a child but not an adult. I will try to flag down an employee be like, look, there's this child over here. I don't know who they belong to. I don't really want to. I'm an educator. I usually try to be my head educator. I don't want to leave the child by themselves. And so, but what do y'all think about this particular case? Like, how would you handle it as a parent? Child. <laughs> I don't have no kids. I'm not going to answer. Y'all add it to the live chat or add it to the comment section and we'll see what happens. For my battery going dead, y'all know my computer, while it is new, it was purchased old. It was purchased brand new, but it was an old model that I purchased. I got to plug this bad boy up, which I meant to do before I got on. But y'all know me. Y'all know I do blunders and mistakes. It's all good. I don't have no. Ain't nothing perfect in the world. Part of that imperfect world. All right. So next story that y'all, I had not planned to talk about this story because it just, I just don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to mention it because I think we need to know. Have you all, so look, if there is a child in the room right now, I'm going to give you a few seconds to move away from that child, ask that child to leave the room or you move out of the room away from the, the, the ear and the eye of a child, okay? Because this story is not for children, okay? So I'm going to give y'all a minute. <laughs> I'm going to get, look, I'm giving y'all a minute because y'all don't want the kids to hear this. I don't want to be the one to break this down to them. So get your kids out of the room, praise God. Let me get my teacher look, y'all got the children, okay. So in, um, where did this happen? Georgia. Y'all, there was a baby that whose head was severed from their body during the delivery. Miss Jessica Ross is a mom and Mr. Travion Isaiah Taylor Sr. is a dad. So Miss Ross was delivering her baby. Let me scroll down because I have a lot of information on this. They she was in the delivery room with Mrs. The doctor's name is Dr. Tracy St. Julian. Uh, Ms. Ross and, and Mr. Travion, they were at Southern Regional Medical Center. It is a hospital in Riverdale, Georgia. And so Ms. Ross was, Dr. Uh, St. Julian was delivering Ms. Ross's baby. And there seemed to be some complications during the delivery. 
Um, they did file a lot. Their their baby again was severed, so their baby is deceased, and so they did file a lawsuit. Um, um, for an indisclosed amount of money. It's an indisclosed amount of money. Um, let me make sure that's right. Let me make sure I got the right story. Yep. 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 So the let me get back up to because like I said I got a lot of notes on this one. So the lawsuit alleges that the baby got stuck during the delivery. But Dr. St. Julian, she delayed using the she delayed a surgical procedure and she didn't act as quickly as she should have considering the compl uh, considering the complications that were occurring during the delivery. So during the delivery, um, it was about three hours or so um, that Dr. St. Julian decided to have a uh, give Miss Ross a cesarean, a C-section, a cesarean. So during the cesarean, um, the baby's legs and body were removed, but the head was delivered vaginally. Did y'all hear what I said? I said that during the cesarean, the baby's legs and body were removed but the head was delivered vaginally. It is reported that Miss Ross and Mr. Uh, I just remember his first name, Travion. Miss Ross, let me get Mr. Travion's last name. Um, Mr. Taylor Sr. So Miss Ross and Mr. Taylor Sr. They did ask, it is reported that they did ask for a cesarean ahead of time. Um, in hopes to, you know, alleviate the uh, difficulties that were occurring during the during the um, delivery, and let me see what the response was to them. It didn't say what the response was. Oh, they were denied. They were denied. I don't know why it doesn't say why they were denied the cesarean that they requested. Um, so hopefully that information will be uncovered as, um, you know, as the case unfolds and as more information is given. One thing that was noted, The attorneys of Ms. Ross and Mr. Taylor Sr., they it, it notes that the hospital tried to cover up the um the death of their of the baby. Um, in particular the the severing of the head from the body. They it's alleged that they discouraged Ms. Ross and Mr. Taylor Sr. from having an autopsy. Um, it is alleged that they encouraged the couples to cremate the remains of their child. Um, it is reported that the hospital um, staff, you know, allegedly uh, propped the body up, head to make the head appear attached to it, um, and that they were 
viewing their their baby through a through a glass screen or a glass box or whatever it was. Um, so it appeared that the body was in, intact. This is allegedly that this, you know, the baby was presented in that way as if everything was attached. Um, Miss Ross, it was noted by the lawyers that Miss Ross, um, I, I can't, now this part, I can't remember if the lawyer said this or if Miss Ross said this herself, because I watched a couple of different videos and I cannot remember right away. Um, but it was noted that she said that she didn't know what, the full extent of what happened to her baby until about three days later. Um, because of the different things that unfolded, um, it is thought that the hospital, you know, um, it is believed by the, the lawyer team of Ms. Ross and Mr. Taylor Sr. that the hospital, you know, allegedly tried to cover up the severity of their child's death. So again, the lawsuit alleges gross negligence, fraud, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. I've never heard of a case like this before. I've never heard of a baby being born in two different ways. I have been in the delivery room before, watching everything, because I'm, you know, I'm nosy sometimes. <laughs> And sometimes I'm curious. It's just like curiosity. I'm not a medical care professional, and so I'm not going to speculate. I, wow, y'all. I, I just, wow. That's, I, 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 I can't even imagine what Ms. Ross and Mr. Taylor Sr. have gone through in this ordeal. I don't know. The report that I read and just listening um, to the videos, I don't remember from the videos, but the reports that I read, I'm not sure how the body was handled. Like once Ms. Ross and Mr. Taylor Sr. found out what happened, I don't know how the body was handled from there. I'm not sure if they asked for an autopsy, um, if they, you know, if they've already had a funeral for their baby. I'm not quite sure. I'm sorry. I didn't even think to get that information, y'all. So I'm sorry about that. But you can definitely check out this story for yourselves to see what updates have happened. This happened the earlier part of the of the month, um, August 2nd. Um, let me make sure I have that right. Okay, so the the Miss um, Ross went in on July 9th to have the baby. But I was reading about this report the first part of, of August, and so again the baby was she went in to Miss Ross went in to have her baby July 9th. Oh, y'all! I just I want to read what the hospital said. It says our commitment is to provide compassionate quality care to every single patient, and this loss is heartbreaking. Um, it is also noted that they shared that their heartfelt thoughts and prayers were with Ms. Ross and Mr. Taylor. It is noted that um, there was a spokeswoman, Miss um, Kimberly Golden Benner, and she noted that the um, doctor, Dr. St. Uh, Julian, was not a staff member of the hospital. 
um, but she was a member of a healthcare group called Premier Women's OBGYN. It was noted that she is a board certified obstetrician and a gynecologist, and that she's been practicing um, since July 2005. Oh, so I'm sorry, January. I got my J's mixed up since January 2005 in the Atlanta area. And so plenty of experience to be able to navigate difficult births and quickly responding to any distress that the child might be experiencing and that the mother might be experiencing. So again, I, I'm sad for that family. It, um, as far as I could tell, it was their first child. And so I'm very sad for the family. I pray, you know, it doesn't discourage them for having children in the future, if that's what they would like to do. Um, I pray that, you know, that that the experience will not discourage them, you know, from having children in the future. All right, you all, we all know that, so if your children, you know, I'm, I'm finished with anything that might be, you know, um, damaging to their emotional and mental health. So you all, we know that um, Donald Trump has been has had several indictments against him. Y'all, I did not know that the, the felony charges against him are at 91. He has had 91 felony charges against him. I didn't realize that. That's a lot. Child, if I had 91 felonies against me, I'd be under the jail by now. But, you know, I'm just taking a sip. <laughs> I'm taking a sip on that. Lord, I'll be under the jail, Lord. Y'all, I, I, I pray not to ever have any, y'all. I'm, I'm trying to live in peace and tranquility, free in Jesus' name. So, in Georgia, <laughs> y'all look, look. So, Donald Trump and some of his people, I'm going to just call them his people, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, Jeffrey Clark, um, Ray Smith, Jenna Ellis, Kenneth Chazabro, John Eastman, to name a few child indictments, indictments, 41 count indictments. Y'all look. They are charged in this indictment because they refuse to accept that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. So look, in the United States, you get to vote in your legislative representatives, including the president of the United States of America. <laughs> we vote in order for these individuals to come into office. The American people vote to decide who they want to represent them at the county, city, state, and federal levels. Depending on the amount of votes that one candidate gets will determine if they win or lose. <laughs> if you don't get the votes and the electoral college is not working in your favor, you're going to lose. Donald Trump lost the 2020 elect presidential elections, but him and his base could not accept that. So we have now in 2023, 
these indictments that have come against them because y'all nobody likes to lose whether it's a football game basketball game soccer what else y'all play pickleball i don't know pickleball is not a sport that i'm aware of what else y'all play lacrosse i don't know uh, volleyball you know there's a win and a loser it's just it's, it just is what it is especially in a two-team race or two a two-team event or a two-individual event or race or whatever Somebody got to look. You in a singing contest, you in a in a dance contest, you in a talent contest, you in a beauty pageant. There's somebody is going is going to be one winner, and then you got one, two, three, four beauty pageants, five, ten, twenty, thirty-five, fifty folks, forty-nine people losing. It, it when you lose, you should bow out gracefully, concede. Donald Trump didn't want to do that. So now we got, anyway, I don't want to spend too much time. So um, I have not read the indictment yet, but I, <laughs> I'm going to read it. <laughs> I'm going to read it. So anyway, let me focus. The Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis, if I'm saying your name wrong, Miss Willis, forgive me. I, I'm not. I should have listened to the pronunciation of your name. I don't know if it's Fanny or Fanny, um, but I'm gonna say Miss Willis. Uh, again, she's a Fulton County District Attorney. She is the one, of course, leading these indictments in Georgia, in particular. It's 40, 41 count indictments in Georgia, in particular. Excuse me, y'all. Um. There were, again, 19 defendants. She's hoping, she's wanting to, intends to try all 19 together. She's hoping that the trial will go to, or that the case will go to trial in about six months. So we're looking around March or so. Y'all, with these indictments, along with the indictments for, um, so these are 41 indictments concerning the um, 2020 presidential election. We also have 34 felony counts of falsifying business records related to his role in hush money payments toward the end of the 2016 presidential candidate campaign, excuse me, not candidate, but campaign. These um, charges were by the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, okay? That case or that trial is looking to go or look, looking to happen in March. Um, in June, Trump had 37 count federal indictment in Florida alleging he illegally held onto and mishandled highly sensitive national security information. Of course, he's pled not guilty to all of the cases. Um, this particular federal prosecutor was Special Counsel Jack Smith. Um, he also indicated that Donald Trump, um, or in, indicted, excuse me, Donald Trump on charges of conspiracy to defraud the U.S. And, oh, I'm sorry, let me, let me backtrack that. So this one is separate. So we got our 41, 37, 34. Um, 
Yeah, it's the same one. I'm sorry, in the documents case. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's saying that Donald Trump conspired to defraud the United States and try to prevent the peaceful transition of presidential power to um, President Biden. So for this one, a trial date, trial date has not been set. Woo, child. So it's a total of 91, 91 fel felony charges in four different locations. So we have New York, we have Florida, we have um, Georgia. And the other one is in, um, uh, it's a federal case, so it's the United States. Um, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> 91 felony um, indictments, felony charges, excuse me, against you in four different locations. Why ain't he in jail? That's all I want to know. Why is he and his co-conspirators not in jail? I want you all to know that Ms. Willis did convene a special grand jury to examine the evidence in the case in Georgia, the 41 counts. Um, to not only examine the evidence, but to listen to the witnesses that came forth. There were 75 witnesses that this um, special grand jury listened to, and they found that, you know, that there was some crimes that had been committed. <laughs> we already knew that, but you know, you got to have the evidence, you got to have the witnesses. Y'all, what y'all think? Like, how y'all feeling? What y'all think about it? Because this is, this crazy. This is ridiculous. I just... And he's still walking free, y'all. I'm just on the sand. Let me see. I think I read that he they have um yes, yeah, so in the Georgia case, uh, Miss Willis said that the arrest warrants indicate that the defendants have until August twenty-fifth to voluntarily surrender. Me and my flesh hope they don't surrender. I hope we got to, I hope the police got to go get them. I ain't even gonna lie, but y'all, let's just, we're gonna hope that they peacefully surrender. But if they don't, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with that. I just, I'm done with that. I just, you know, and we'll just see what the court say about it. We'll see if the evidence. Um, that the prosecutors present will be enough to find Donald Trump guilty or not guilty. You know, we'll, we'll see what the evidence say. My podcast listeners couldn't see my face. We'll see what the evidence say. All right, I'm done with all the news. <laughs> I do want to share this. My uncle, uh, let me take a sip. My uncle Darnell keeps me informed. Between him and my cousin Mika, they send me news stories and just let me know what's going on. And so thank you, Uncle Darnell, for this one. Now, this one, I'm going to share this information with you, but I'm on, I'm, I'm on the fence about how I feel about it. Y'all may ask why once I give you the information, and that's okay. I just, I'm on the fence, and I'm going to tell you why after I give you the information. So there is a 10 million names project that is happening right now. It is a project that is hoping to recover hidden history of enslaved African-Americans. So what they want to do is create a searchable database for anybody, for black people and anybody to go search this database to see if you can find your um, loved ones, um, find information you know, about your loved ones. And so Dr. Kendra 
field. She is a chief historian of this 10 million names. She shared with ABC News that all of us face greater challenges, significantly greater difficulty. Well, let me try that again. All of us face greater challenges, significantly greater difficulty than do most white Americans when it comes to tracing our ancestors, okay? And so, um, the, the goal, so that, that was her quote. So again, the goal of this particular project is to identify the real names of individuals lost to this tragedy of brutality and this transatlantic slave trade. Um, and to um, to identify the real names of individuals lost to this tragic history and to restore their dignity and the dignity of their descendants. So we all know, you know, the transatlantic slave trade stole a lot of African people and some were sold, some were stolen, some were sold. Um, and thus the slave trade in America began, this is in the late um, 1600s or in the 1600s, um, from the early 1600s through 1865. And we understand a lot of history was lost, a lot of generational wealth was lost, a lot of equity was lost in the enslavement of Black people. And that generational wealth is the biggest thing that was lost with the enslavement of Black people. And then, of course, the dis disparities that we still experience in the housing market with jobs, starting businesses, walking down the street, running down the street, sitting in your own apartment, eating ice cream. I mean, we understand the disparities and the injustices and the racism that still exists in America today. And so, anywho, this particular 10 Million Names project is, again, looking to discover through historical or through searching, you know, history searching, through searching out um, records. And they're asking people if you have records to bring them in. I know most slave traders kept ledgers with all of the slaves that they owned. And some of that information is available. Some of that probably was burned or, thro or thrown out or whatever, because descendants of slave owners did not want that history known or revealed. Um, but there are some families that actually have access to those slave ledgers, even today um because they've been passed down and you know um but i'm glad they have them you know because even though it, it was a horrible it should not have happened the history of those the because the names of those uh enslaved people are in that ledger and those names are important because those names identify a person and a heart and a mind and creativity and innovation and so i'm glad that there are generations of um, or descendants of slave owners that have that information so that families will know this is where my family lived at the time of their enslavement. This is what, you know, they experienced. Of course, we we know the harshness that, that was experienced, but um, that having the tangible evidence of um, their existence is important. So I'm glad for, for that um, information. Um, So I'm on the fence about this because when I went to look 
at the sponsors of the 10 million names project you can find their website i'm not going to post their website but it's something that you can look up for yourself i looked up the end of it like the staff members the the board i always look when i'm looking up at companies or initiatives projects people i may or you know want to support i always look at who the staff members are who's the who's on the board who is the staff who's the executive committee who are their advisors i want to see faces i want to see faces so i looked at the faces and okay i also looked at who's supporting this project um, the W.E.B. Uh, du Bois um, uh, is one of the, uh, let me let me look it up so I can say that anyway, because I didn't write his, their, that organization down. Um, but it's, I'm going to look it up right now because I did not hold that particular um, organization. I didn't write that particular organization down. I did write down that the historic Mother Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church um, is one of the sponsors of this particular project, the African American Historical and Genealogy Society Incorporated is one of the sponsors, supporters of this particular project. And so it was good to see their names. I really appreciated seeing that um, there. But, and let me see, it was the W.E.D. Du Bois. Let me look. Collaborate. These are collaborators. I'm sorry, not sponsors. They're called collaborators on the website. So I make sure I have my terminology correct. So these are collaborators, not sponsors, which might mean the same thing, but I'm just going to say what's on the website to make sure that I'm giving you the right information. So it's the W.E.B. Du Bois. I lost it. Forum. Forum, forum. I don't know much about this forum. Um, but it notes that it... Uh, yeah, so you can read it for yourself. So yes, yeah, so I noted those individuals, but I kept looking for like... The first thing that came to mind is the EJI initiative, the Equal Justice Initiative. Now, mind you, the Equal Justice Initiative, it, very, um, it was founded by Brian Stevenson. He is a lawyer, and they do focus on um, individuals that are incarcerated, the EJI, but they also do a lot of history as it relates to the, slave, uh, the Atlantic slave trade, the mid-Atlantic slave trade, and um, the history of the mid the mid-Atlantic slave trade and the history of um, lynchings and terror that Black people experienced even during, you know, during the Jim Crow era and then during the Civil Rights Movement. My calendar here um, is a list of different events that happen in Black history every single day of every single month of every single year. This is an EJI. Let me see if I can pull it down for you. This is my EJI um, book. It's called A History of Racial Injustice. I try to get one of these for the last couple of years. I try to get one every year. I think I missed 2022. So I think in there I have like, I have 2019, 2021. I either have 19, 20, and 21, or either have 2021 and then this one. So anyway, I'm going to try to continue to get one of these every year. And again, it has um, an event 
that has happened every single day of every single month of every single year. And it also gives a picture of of an, of an, an historical event. So let me slow down so I can get my words right, okay? So for this particular picture, I love this picture because it is an exhibit at EJI's Legacy Museum in Montgomery, Alabama. That's where Mr. Stevenson started the EJA and it remains there. Um, you can see his story in um, Just Mercy where Michael B. Jordan plays um, Mr. Brian Stevenson. And Jamie Foxx plays Mr. Um, Mr. Hmm, I want to say his name was Ray, but the one of the first clients that Mr. Stevenson helped free from death row. Um, I can't think of his name right now. I'll try to look it up in a minute. But anyway, this particular legacy museum, it's uh, it contains 800 jars of soil collected in counties across the country to commemorate victims of racial terror violence. So when I saw this 10 million names, I was like, I don't see that they've collaborated with the EJI. Not saying that the EJI is the formal foremost authority. EJI initiative is the foremost authority on things, all things black, but they're one of the organizations that comes to mind when I see like black initiatives, just because, you know, it's, it's EJI. <laughs> it's an equal justice initiative. And again, this is not necessarily what Brian Stevenson sought out to do. He sought out to help victims, you know, um, in the uh, criminal justice system. Okay, I'll, I'll get that later. So don't move to me, so I'll get it later. But I just thought about him. And then as I'm looking at, at when, you know, when I saw this 10 million, and then I thought about HBCUs, our historical black colleges and universities. I see a couple of collaborators that are colleges, but I don't see any HBCUs um, because I feel like those that are history majors at an HBCU may want to tap into this, do some research, you know, maybe even use it if they're working on their doctorate or their master's thesis, maybe use it as their thesis um, subject. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, thinking, extending my thinking on this, but I don't see any HBCUs as collaborators. Um, I didn't see the EJI, which maybe they were approached and didn't want to get involved. And if not, I respect that. <laughs> But the HBCUs, I, I don't see not one of all the HBCUs and all the free world in the United States of America, ain't none a collaborate. So I, I'm on the fence about this, but I still wanted to give you the information in case you want to do some research about this 10 million names. I just I just want to see some black, um, there are black folks involved. Don't get me, there are black folks involved. I just, all right. <laughs> So I, I'm thank you to my uncle who sent this to me because I love having information and I love I got to, I, when I like I said companies I got to do some research I got to see the faces like who is involved who is working in the background because it's a black but it's a some black people involved I just want to know and so black history is everybody's history it really is it's everybody's history now i do like what mr selini 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 is it selini i hope i'm pronouncing it, cor it correctly he is the executive director let me see if i can find his first name richard selini he is the attorney and scholar behind this project he's also the ex i think he's executive director also if i'm not mistaken if i'm remembering correctly 
I like that he says, it's impossible to tell the story of the founding of this country without telling the story of our Black brothers and sisters, and specifically our enslaved ancestors. These are our American ancestors. They helped build this country. We didn't help build this country. We built this doggone country. Now, mind you, the Native Americans were here, and they were navigating this land in perfect peace. I want us to be clear on that. The Native Americans were here. There were even some Black folk here navigating this land in peace. And then the Europeans came over and they, like they do, they got to take over everything. And it was just... Mr. Cellini went on to say, these are my forefathers and everybody else's forefathers. He went on to say, this isn't about Black history. It's not about white history. It's about our history. There's no us and them. This is about all of us. I appreciated him saying that. Again, you all can look it up. I'm not going to post his website because I don't know. But I wanted you to have the information. The 10 is called 10 Million Names Project. If you want to know more about it, look it up for yourself. Praise God. Last thing I want to say <laughs> is this National Eye Exam. Look, y'all, get, get you some insurance. And even if you don't have some insurance, go down to the county health department or call and get you an everybody needs to have an eye exam. It is recommended that children get eye exams. Let me see. I did have the, the, the data. The U.S. Preventative, excuse me, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommends vision screenings for all children aged three to five years old just to, to, to see what's going on. Does a child have normal vision, good vision, are the eyes aligned incorrectly? Do they have a lazy eye, one over here, one over here? Like we need to make sure that your child's eyesight is well and that your eyesight is well. So it is important that we get a yearly exam on our eyes. Y'all get that yearly exam. I meant to look up the type of exam. Matter of fact, I got it right here. <laughs> It's right here in front of my face. Let me see what it's called. Oh, no, they didn't list it. Oh, never mind. This is for my glasses. Okay, there, there is an eye exam. Every time I go, it's a, that my, my, the young lady who, I don't know what her role is. I need to ask her what her role is, but she is the one that does this first part of my eye exam and she takes a 360 uh, shot of each of my eyes so that the optometrist can look and make sure that everything is good, like from, from here, to, from the root to the tutti of my eyes. And I appreciate that. And so I did get my eyes diluted this time when I went because they hadn't been diluted since the very first time I went, which was when I first started going to get regular eye exams was in 20... I think it was 2017 because I didn't know I was supposed to get like y'all heard me say this where I didn't know I was supposed to get my eyes checked yearly I just didn't think about it I had the nurse at the school check my eyes and I was good but um I went to a, a, a the Women's Health Awareness Day at North Carolina Central University in Durham North Carolina I went there for um it was it's a day of health classes resources exams like it is wonderful event and the op I don't know if she was an optometrist or ophthalmologist, but it was a black doctor. And she like, when the last time you had your eyes checked? I said, oh, she said, look, <laughs> I 
Sis, you got to get your eyes checked every single year, just like you get your annual exam, your annual physical, rather. Um, your annual physical exam. And I was like, oh, well, let me get some insurance. So I signed up for some insurance that same year and have been getting my eyes checked ever since. Now, maybe if I hadn't got my eyes checked, I wouldn't let it these glasses, but <laughs> y'all disregard that comment, like disregard. But anyway, it led to, and, and I, I'm glad for my glasses because I did need them to, to read. And when I was looking at the screen and they do help, and I actually have been using them more often. I think I'm mean, eventually, I told y'all last week, probably wear them all the time now. And that's okay. Um, but we need to make sure that we get our eyes checked, you all, to determine if we have any eye injuries, any eye sicknesses, any eye, you know, whatever. Uh, because we are, I know I like to see, like there are people, you all, who have lost their eyesight or they were born without um, sight. Um, they ex have experienced, you know, blindness or loss of eyesight. I like that I have eyes to see. Like, I'm thankful that I can see. I'm very, very thankful for that. So I do want to take care of my eyes. And so I'm going to continue to get my eyes checked. And I encourage you to do as well. Um, I want to just say, let me see, let me see, let me see. And again, the, dilate, the dilated eye exam, get that done regularly. It checks for common eye problems, okay? Um, you know, we all know what it is. They put the drops in your eyes, dilute your eyes. They check to make sure there's no vision problems or eye disease. Uh, it is one of the best ways to determine if you do need some support with your eyes, such as glasses or contacts. <laughs> um uh, taking care of our eyes is just, it's just, y'all, it's just important, like eating healthy, exercising, having our annual physical exams, our mammograms, our prostate checks, it's just as important. So you all, if you're having any of these issues, um, like if your eyes are cloudy or if you're having headaches or you're having, if things are fuzzy, you know, talk to your optometrist about it because there's could be something um, major going on with your eyes. So just just make get your eyes checked, y'all. Again, August is National Eye Exam Month. If you have not scheduled your eye exam, schedule it for this month if you can or schedule it for the next opening that the um, eye clinic has. Um, again, if you don't have insurance or even if you do or you need some, you know, reduced services or extra support, go to your county health department to support you or the county health clinic to support you in your eye exam. OK, it's very important, you all, that we keep a check on our eyes. So we need to get so I'm going to share this information with you. We need to get regular, comprehensive, dilated eye exams. We need to know our family's eye history to determine like if there's like if possible you can have some eye injuries or eye disease or eye condition later on in life. It, some are hereditary, so you need to know your family's eye history just as much as you need to know the history of your family's diabetes or heart disease, um, high blood pressure, cancer, and different things of that nature. Protect your eyes from the sun. Use your UVA or wear sunglasses that block 99% to 100% of ultraviolet UVA or UVB radiation. Um, uh, if you're playing outside, if you're working outside, make sure that you're wearing protective eye gear to protect your eyes. Try to maintain a healthy weight. That's for everything, right? <laughs> um, and also, if you're on a dirt bike, because, um, you know, that mud and that dirt, uh, even motorcycle, you know, just wear those protective eye 
protective eyewear. You know, we want to protect in our eyes as much as possible. So those are just a few tips. Um, see if I want to say anything else. Um, so I do want to share this with you. People with vision problems, they are more likely to have diabetes, poor hearing, heart problems, high blood pressure, lower back pain, and strokes, okay? So more so than a person with good vision. A person with not so great vision may also be prone to falls or injuries. So you all, it's important that we get our eyes checked to make sure that we have good eye health, okay? So just, you know, take care of you. I do want to share this as well. If you are having any of these conditions, please go see your eye care professional, okay? If you are experiencing any eye pain, drainage or redness of the eye, decreased vision, diabetes, double vision, circles or halos, um, floaters, like you see these tiny specks floating um, that seem to be floating before your eyes, um, if you see any flashes of light, um, just go and get your eyes checked. Even if you just had your eyes checked like three months ago or six months ago, if you're able to handle it financially or if you can go to the health department um, or the health, the uh, local health clinic, go get your eyes checked because there might be something that maybe they didn't catch six months ago or maybe you've had some life changes in six months or before your 12 month, you know, insurance kicks in, right? There may have been some changes or maybe you've damaged your eye in some way. So, you know, again, if you are experiencing any of these symptoms or something just doesn't feel right with your vision, please go get it checked out. Take care of you. All right, you all. So this is Black Business Month. You all know I'm going to support me some black businesses. Let me just tell y'all. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the website. I actually keep a black businesses page on my website. So I'm going to add that to the chat right now. I'm also going to add it to the description so you can have easy access. These are some of the black businesses that I have supported. Some I continue to buy from like my flawless natural soaps. I will continue to buy from them until the day Jesus calls me home or until the day I'm just not able to do it anymore. But I'm going to continue to purchase from flawless natural soaps. So I'm going to add the black business, um, black businesses um, that I do support. I'm going to add it in the chat. This is Black Business Month. Support a Black business today. Uh, support or increased support. Support of a Black business today. Also, you all know, I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I did some unpackaging of some new Black businesses that I've supported. I love supporting Black-owned businesses and I will continue to do so as long as I'm able to do it. And I encourage you to do it as well. If you already support a Black business, maybe you can support one or two additional Black businesses this month in particular. Also, you all, if there's a Black business that you support or if you are a Black business owner, 
I would love to get your information. Go ahead and drop it in the live chat or add it to the comment section. If you're listening to the rebroadcast, I would love to support you and I would love to add your business to the website. I do check out businesses before I add them to my website. I do not receive any endorsements from any of these businesses. I don't receive any kind of compensation or anything. I add these businesses just as information for you and because I support them and there are some businesses listed that I want to support, but I have not yet supported, um, but hope to do so in the near, <clears throat> excuse me, in the near future. Um, so again, support a black business. Last thing that I want to say is that many children, some children have already started back to school, um, year-round schools, specialty schools, early colleges. They have started back to school, and some, you know, will be starting in a week or two. I just encourage parents for you to pray with your children before they start back school. I encourage you to keep lines of communication open with your child's teachers. I encourage you to attend your parent-teacher conferences, go to open house to meet your child's teachers and get the information that you need. Uh, I already mentioned staying regular communication with your teacher as much as you can. If you are experiencing any problems with your child, with their learning or anything, please reach out to the teacher to see how he or she can support you and your child. Um, I think that's all I want to say. I may do a prayer next week. Uh, we'll see, you know, what happens. All right, you all. So I am a small black business. So I am celebrating 15 years this year, 2023. The term of publishing is 15 years old. This month, I haven't added to the added it to the website, but I will. But this month and probably some of July, I mean, I'm sorry, whoo, I don't want to take us back, but some of um September. I will have two books on sale, you all. Savoya, Samson, and Samuel, and Samuel and Cadence. These books were, I did not plan to write a second book to Samuel. It's not necessarily a sequel, but it does, Samuel, Samson, and Savoya introduces characters that, which are Samuel and Cadence. So it's not necessarily a continuation, but just an extension of the story. So I decided to put both of these books on sale for the rest of this month and a little bit of September, maybe all of September. I'll say how I'm feeling because I might do three books in September. Um, 40% off for each of these books. So you can check them out on my website and I'll update the prices before the night is over. So maybe check tomorrow and I'll have the 40% off available for Samson. I mean, I'm sorry, for Savoya, Samson and Samuel and for Samuel and Cadence in celebration of 15 years in business. All right, y'all, I am done. I want to say thank you so much for joining the Stephanie Humphrey channel. Don't forget to like the light. Don't forget to like this episode <laughs> with a thumbs up and also share it with your family and friends. I will be back, Lord willing, we'll be back next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. for additional news. There's some things that I want to share with you um, next week, I hope. And so we'll see how it goes, but we'll be back next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Look, you all, the Be Free Ministries is hosting the Pocky Book Exchange Fellowship on October 5th and 6th, right here on the Stephanie Humphrey channel at 7 p.m. Also, at, on October 7th, we will do our in-person Saturday sessions. So everyone is welcome to join us on Thursday and Friday night at 7 p.m. But Saturday, October 7th is women only. Visit BeFreeMinistriesNC.org for more information and click the 2023 Pocky Book Exchange. You are more than welcome to join us, okay? You all have a fabulous rest of the night. Have a peaceful rest. 
and have an amazingly blessed weekend. Take care.